Hi, everyone. In this week's episode of Quarantine Comics, we're going to review two books in the indie comic series Meg, Mog, and Owl by Simon Hanselman. Though we're dropping this episode after the Supreme Court's reversal of Roe v. Wade, we recorded it before. In a way, Meg Mogginal is an appropriate comic to discuss in a week where we've seen our civil rights cut to the quick by what should be the most respected judicial body in the United States, not just with its ruling of Roe v. Wade, but also in its decision around states' ability to regulate guns and in the separation of church and state. The characters in Meg Mogginal are drifting through life, perpetually stoned on weed and all sorts of other things. Their adventures, and I put adventures in quotation marks, are often as uproariously funny as they are sad and pathetic. They're responding to their world in a way that many of us probably want to respond to ours today. I can't say that Meg, Mog, and Al will lift up your spirits, but maybe it'll make you feel less alone, if that makes sense. So, on with the show. Tell your boyfriend next time So anyone who listens to this podcast knows that you and I have very different tastes, Roman. Yeah, I like unique takes on superheroes, dark documentary tales of the real world, and genre-bending tales. You like the kind of comics that really keep me from being able to recommend this podcast to friends, family, and coworkers. I mean, I put the graphic and graphic novel. But I got the sense that you were really intrigued with this week's selection. Two collections from indie cartoonist Simon Hanselman's Meg, Mog, and Owl series. Intrigued is words, <laughs> but is it really an owl series? I mean, they're just kind of freeloading on them. That is a good point, and I'm sure Owl would agree with you. Meg, Mog, and Owl was first serialized online on Vice about a witch named Meg, her black cat boyfriend Mog, and their abused roommate Owl, and uh, copious amounts of weed and often other drugs. The web series was first collected in 2014 in Mega Hex, one of the books we're reviewing this week. Hanselman then published two other books, one where Meg and Mog go to Amsterdam but forget their antidepressants, and in 2017 he published One More Year. All of that had been building to Bad Gateway, which published in 2019, which is the second Megan Mog book that we're reviewing on the show. You got all of that? Essentially, we're reviewing the bookends. Which really aren't bookends, because in 2021, Hanselman published the Megan Mog collection, Crisis Zone, which was about how they fared during the pandemic, which, come on, Ryan, come on. The, the name of this podcast is called Quarantine Comics. How did we not see that one coming? Can you hear that? That's me shrugging. <sighs> I'm Roman Segel. And I'm Ryan Joe. And we're two guys who aren't sure if we've got a little bit of Al or a little bit of Werewolf Jones in them. I would pro probably hope to have neither in us, actually. <laughs> but I'm curious, though, Raman, what was your initial reaction when you first opened these books? Well, first, you didn't recommend these books to me initially. I think I read them on some list. I got them from the library. And I was like, 
this is fucking weird. I don't have time for this. So I promptly returned them to the library. I just, I couldn't get into them. And then, you know, you mentioned this guy, Sam, Simon Hanselman, and it kept kind of moving down our schedule. And then I went and looked them up and I was like, oh, it's the thing with the green witch on the cover. I'll give it another go, I guess. So this time around, I, I tried with an open mind, Ryan. I, and, you know, halfway through Mega Hex, I'm like, okay. This is just kind of getting really juvenile. <laughs> like, I was like, mm-hmm. I, it's funny, whatever. And then I was like, but I'm going to finish it because that's what we do on Quarantine Comics. We finish it. <laughs> and I found myself getting emotionally engaged with these characters in all their juvenile antics. And what started as like one page, kind of like almost like newspaper, weird fucking newspaper scripted stuff turned into two to three page story arcs turned mm-hmm. into five or 10 page story arcs. And by the time we get to bad gateway, I'm emotionally invested in these characters. I don't agree with them. They're worse than the people from <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but yeah, it's like this okay. train wreck. I can't stop watching. In fact, so much so Ryan that I made a special trip to the library after finishing these to go get the other three books. <laughs> and I got some weird looks as I was checking them out, but and I, I've, I'm still reading the rest of them because I need to know the backstory. I need to know what happened in Amsterdam. I need to know what happened during the pandemic. So even after this episode, I'm going to go finish reading all of them because, damn you, you made me care about a witch, a cat, a wolfman, and an owl. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The, the earlier strips that are collected in Mega Hex, it's a, it is pretty juvenile. It's basically Meg and Mog abusing the shit out of Owl. And Werewolf Jones, of course, abusing the shit out of Al. And it's actually kind of sad and awful what happens to Al. And then eventually he he moves out. And then when you get to Bad Gateway, those are much sadder books. You still have the same ridiculous fucking antics, but there's a weight to them. There's an emotional weight, a desperation to them that in Mega Hex, it's just people acting up. And in Bad Gateway, there's there's kind of a really sad, pathetic reason for them acting up. For instance, when Meg has to go to the welfare office and she really needs to convince everybody that the person, her caseworker, that okay. she and, and, can't get and a to job. Be clear, this is like it. And, and, and this, by this point, we actually give a shit about these characters. Right. But it was one of those, it's always sunny kind of thing. <laughs> right. Like, I won't, I mean, I know we give spoilers on this podcast, but, you know, in the interest of time, I won't say what she ultimately ends up doing, but it takes a very weird, surreal turn. And, but one of the, I, I don't know, one of the reasons I kind of enjoyed that episode is that in Mega Hex, a lot of the antics they do are just, for yucks right there's no real reason for it and here the reason she's doing what she's doing is because she has a goal which is to convince her caseworker that there is no way there's no way on earth that she would be able to hold down a job that she is too fucked up to possibly be able to do that so in a way you know there's there's these there are these conflicts and problems that the characters have to solve in bad gateway that they don't really have to solve in mega hex and mega hex they're just mostly hanging around getting stoned and 
being kind of really mean to Al. And I thought the fact that they had these conflicts in Bad Gateway really kind of humanized them. And, you know, it, it also created this, this uh, you know, dramatic urgency. It created actual storylines. Yeah, I, and it, it almost, it ends on a cliffhanger. I mean, I will spoil it. Owl mm-hmm. leaves, and they have to confront in Mega Hex, a lot of... In, in Mega Hex, right? No, I think it's at the end of Bad no, Gateway. No, it's Mega Hex. Yeah, because Bad Gateway is them dealing with Owl leaving. They're like, oh, shit, we got it. Yeah, right, Jones right. moved in. <laughs> and you don't and i kind of missed al because al, al was kind of the abused character and i think i joked about the werewolf jones like i think we all have a little uh, no, oh, i hope I don't not think we have any, i hope we have a very little a very little ramen yes i think i think we all have pieces of each of these characters inside of us right ah. be it and it's hard to describe and maybe we should litigate like who the, like werewolf jones is and it's revealed later on that werewolf jones i think it makes sense he's a werewolf so he later on he's and these these are all kind of anthropomorphized kind of characters one's a witch one's a talking cat one is an owl and an owl man and one is a wolf man and werewolf jones turns out he's just a guy and once he stops doing drugs he's just a guy <laughs> with a job and with kids and his, by the way his kids turn into werewolves also <laughs> when they're like sugared up <laughs> no metaphors at all and it's uh, look i'm i'm not one bad bender away from turning into werewolf jones and doing some of the unspeakable things that he does but you don't want to is... do chem sex robin you don't you don't want to do some chem sex it's are we all one kind of bad bender away from you know un, un unleashing our inhibitions right so okay i get the werewolf jones character is owl kind of the submissive just wants people to like him and will go to kind of any lengths and take any abuse. And we've kind of all done that because we all want to be liked. I'm not really sure kind of what the Megan Mog archetype is. Is it just kind of like almost like a relationship that gets to the point of like roommates, but not lovers anymore? Like, you know, the intimacy has been sucked out of this like relationship and it's just kind of this codependent enabling thing they're enabling each other's worst behaviors by just sitting around and getting stoned and watching Mm. iCarly you know werewolf jones and owl are kind of at two opposite ends of the stoner spectrum right because owl is trying really hard to you know to get it under control he has a job that he wants he's got ambitions that are a little bit more conventional and werewolf jones by and large, except for a very brief moment in Bad Gateway, he just wants to get fucked out of his mind, both from the in the chemical sense and in the sexual sense. And, you know, he has literally like no inhibitions. And when he does try to get straight for a very brief amount of time, it doesn't take much for him to fall off the bandwagon and drag his kids into it. Um and so, you know, I mean, in a way, it kind of makes sense that Al just, you know, he's gone pretty early on. I mean, well, he's gone by the end of the first first volume. You know, he's just like he he does not fit into this world other than to be a, a source of abuse. But um, what's interesting is what's interesting is so I picked up all of the other collected editions and I was flipping through them and I, you know, was looking at the publication date, which even that itself was kind of hard to find the way Hanselman just kind of literally kind of puts the whole format on its head. But. 
flipping through it, and it turns out I didn't get one more year. That, that was the one that takes place during the pandemic, which is a continuation of Bad Gateway. But all the other ones have Owl in them. So it's not that Owl... What's interesting is I think there's a lot more volumes, I guess, that came before Mega Hex, where Al is a character, where Al is a participant. So it is a pretty big deal for them to write off Al and not revisit him. Yeah, I, I also just kind of want to point out that through all of this, they've completely normalized the fact that Meg the Witch is fucking Mog the Cat. Like when I first saw that. I, and I don't know how they did it, how how Hanselman did it. It's just it's just one of those things where when you first see it, it's shocking because it's like the cat is eating out her butthole. And then and then it just you just kinda it just kinda feels starts normal for this environment. Well, I mean, never mind the kind of the graphic nature of this comic, right? A parental advisory for this comic. But it this whole thing kind of normalizes the ridiculousness of it. There's a witch, a cat, a werewolf, and an owl, and they all live together and mm-hmm. do a lot of drugs. And so at some point, I stopped seeing that. Yeah. M- a minus, minus, yeah, in fact, it, I kind of, it's just, okay. And I'm trying to think, like, what cartoons do this as well. Um, Bojack Horseman's a pretty great example. It's a world where the people are all animals, right? And every once in a while, an animal thing happens. But funnily enough, that was a show that was highly recommended to me. And I was like making my way through it before the pandemic and the lockdowns. And I had my kids at home because that was not something I could be watching on my phone or TV while my kids were at home. Even this book is one that because they're cartoony characters, right? Fortunately, there's a scary witch on the cover. But this is a book I couldn't leave lying around my house because I have a young kid who likes reading comics now, right? But this, I guess the thing about Mog the cat is just like, yes, he's drawn like a cat. So he is like, you know, a 10th of the size of the other characters. But I, you know, all of these characters are humanized, terrible, terrible humans, but, you know, with wants and urges, but I just kind of ignored it. You know, the only thing that brought me back into it is when Werewolf Jones was just a dude working at a factory. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's the thing, right? I mean, so there's another comic that I read called Black Sad, huh. and it's it's a, a noir series, but it's basically all of the all everyone's human except for their heads, which are Black Sad is actually a black cat, and there's like you know some characters are dogs, some characters are walruses. Mm-hmm. They're all, but you know, they, and they do have sex. It's a, it is a sexual book, but it always feels kind of like well, of course, they're all kind of bipedal right? They're all kind of humanoid. Mm. And Mog is not. Mog is clearly a cat doing both cat things and human things. He does cat things in the fact, you know, he'll, he'll try to get a job at a cat cafe. But of course, he, you know, he also kind of goes around with his resume strapped yeah. to his back. There, there's an acknowledgement that he is a cat and is limited in a way that a cat is limited. But at the same time, he has a human emotion. He has human emotions. So it's 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 kind of an unusual thing. Well, I, I think it's like at some point, I think when Hanselman first set out to do this, he was like, OK, he'll just be a cat. I'm not going to have to deal with any of the logistics of him being a cat until things like sex or job searches yeah. or get or working at a company where you are stroked on your back. And what could happen? well <laughs> anyway, yes. I, uh, but I think at that point, Hanselman was like, okay, let's have some fun with this. Like, I think he yeah. never intended to have to deal with it. But then he kind of, he or she, I'm not sure they, when Hanselman found themselves in a corner and just kind of decided to go with it and just have fun with it. And I yeah, appreciated I, that. I think, yeah, I think with the, um, 
you know, it kind of feels like initially like a lot of what was done was done for kind of shock value, right? Let's show the cat, you know, having sex with the witch. But then he actually kind of flips and is like, okay, I want to take it seriously. What are the emotions that are evolved? Let's explore this really weird relationship between the two. And the relationship itself is actually... Okay, aside from the fact that he's a cat, it's conventional, right? It's two people who've known each other for a long time. They start to develop feelings for each other. And then those feelings get complicated when you insert other romantic parties into the action. And you almost forget for a while that he is a cat. So it, in a way, it's, it's, it's weird how, it's, how you slowly start to just accept it. You accept yeah. a witch fucking her cat. <laughs> because a werewolf doing all sorts of other unmentionable things is perfectly okay. Yeah, well, you know, at least with a werewolf, he's doing such weird-ass things, but he's also a werewolf. You expect a werewolf to do that sort of stuff. Anyway, hey, we, I, I don't want to deviate too much and just focus on Megan Mog fucking. I just wanted to bring that up very <laughs> briefly, but it seemed to have gone on a little bit, a little bit too long. And, you know, it's, what's funny is I was afraid in Mega Hex that that's what this was going to be. Like, I'm not mm. lying. I was like, okay, it's going to be a bunch of dick and fork jokes. It's a shtick over and over. It's shock value. That's all I felt like it. And then soon, and I, I was really afraid about that. And once the plots get a little bit longer and you start pulling on the thread a lot more about oh, yeah. well, what would happen in these ridiculous, I mean, the 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 job thing is one. You know, the roommate thing, the landlord thing, the resume cat thing. There's just uh, there's the flashbacks to Meg and her mom and her mom being kind of a drug dealer. And the whole thing with the whole thing with the episode where it starts out. This is one of my actually it was my favorite one where it starts out with, okay, these guys are all fucking druggies and they need some money to score and they try selling off everything. And this whole journey of selling off her rollerblades, her rollerblades. Her yeah. rollerblades. And at what? Okay, so it's the shtick of they try to sell them, they try to pawn them off, and they don't get a lot of money. And she tells the story of how she got them. And that's a little sad. And then at the end, they get some money, they do or don't get their drugs, and she feels <laughs> sad about it. And then a bunch of shit happens with Meg's mom. And then you find a flashback chapter, which you think is just a flashback chapter, but it leads up to her getting the rollerblades, that story. And there's a real emotional resonance to it. I, I didn't think that was going to happen in this book, right? I thought I was just going to laugh at these inane scenarios, but these are as flawed and fucked up as these people or animals or whatever creatures are. They There's a humanity to them. Yeah. I'm not saying I agree with the humanity, but like there's a reality to the consequences of their lifestyle. And I felt bad for them. I felt like an older brother trying to be like how are you living your life this way i, I would know? say the, the 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 return or the introduction of meg's mom it really kind of left a uh, you know it was it left a, a huge i guess imprint on me you know and part of it is is just like the specificity of how the mom deals drugs this feels like a very kind of a real family a real fucked up family but there's also the mom is just is you know she's kind of doing her best even though her best absolutely sucks you know she's trying to make this connection with her daughter and her daughter is just tired of her and you know partially it's it's the mom's fault right she has this real weird chaotic lifestyle that you really don't want to raise a, a child in and it's not fair that meg is raised in this world at the same time the mom is she's doing her 
you, you get this and she's doing her absolute best, right? She tries to make amends when Meg's <laughs> they get raided by when Meg's mom gets her house gets raided by the DEA and they steal Meg's weed, right? Her mom comes back, says, Hey, I got something, I got this this cooking leaf. And Meg is like, Oh, that is so gross. And kind of and rejects it. And you feel bad for the mom. You know, she tried to make things right. And then eventually she does when she gives gives Meg the rollerblades. And as as we know, we know what happens with those. She ultimately pawns them for for drugs. But it's this constant attempt to make connection with her daughter and still, you know, consistently sort of fucking up. And then when you when you do see Meg's mom in the in the present, because Meg is flying back to visit her, and you see how how awful she looks and how 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 far further she has fallen. It's it's really kind of sad. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The job of a parent, I thought, you know, you, you read these things through the lens that you're living, but the job of a parent isn't to be your kid's friend. It isn't even to be cool, right? It's to set your kid up for success in the world because you're not going to be around. Um, you know, your kid doesn't have to be the smartest. They don't have to be the best. They just need to not be an asshole and they need to be able to live independently and function. And it's clear Meg doesn't have that. Like she does live independently, but what kind of life is she living? And it was actually just like really disappointing, right? Because like there's a moment where the DEA or the cops, they, you know, they they kick down the door, they 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 raid the house, they try to find drugs, they find nothing, even though she it the mom is dealing. And she has the moment with the rollerblades, and in the next moment, Werewolf Jones, teenage Werewolf Jones, comes over and scores from the mom. You know, it's just like, and she's like, don't tell Meg. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, that that whole chapter one, you know, the sentimentality of the rollerblades and the story behind it. But like the, un, again, it starts out of, oh, these are just funny, fucked up characters. But the understanding, and these funny, fucked up characters exist in the world. I've had people in my life, right, that, I, I don't know if they're exactly like this, but like, I've seen kind of what this, I don't even, look, it's, drugs are okay, and my opinion if you were responsible but it's irresponsibility and what that leads to and what what how did that irresponsibility happen you know where did that come from where did the decision to kind of continue to make bad decisions well we're in i am curious how did werewolf jones turn out the way he is so we've had a lot of fun for multiple volumes so let's let's go back into each of their history because i'd love to understand that because i think it might give me more empathy for these fuck-ups that you might see or experience in the world you know, it's interesting that even though we see them as children, they're still kind of fundamentally the same people that they are as adults, right? With Werewolf Jones, he's, yeah. you know, asking Meg's mom to sell him to sell him drugs. When you see teenage Al, he's, you know, he's trying to hide the fact that he's high and he's 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 he, he kind of has these these desires that aren't that aren't drug related right he wants to go to this he wants to have a, a land party and so you you know you kind of see who they'll ultimately become as adults you can kind of draw a line to the from the teenage selves to to their adult selves except that their adult selves are a little just a little bit more impatient and you know a little bit more ex- like extreme versions of who they were as as kids well they never grew up yeah. Frankly. And again, it, it, it's funny as we as we've been talking about this, um, there is someone in my life who kind of never grew up and this is probably the life they are leading. Not probably not to the extremes, I hope not, right? But yeah, 
I mean, this is kind of the fucked up life that they lead. If anything, I mean, look, it look, it's funny. It really is. As an adult who has a good life, like, it's fine. It's funny. But there's people who kind of live like this, check to check, dime bag to dime bag. Like, there, there, there's a lot of character in here, to be clear. But it, I, like, this is some people's experience. And that's what's upsetting. Again, not to the extremes and the fucked up antics that happen, but just the, like, it's almost like a this is a don't do I hate to say this is a don't do drugs like PSA but cuz again like if you were respond it's it's like grow the fuck up PSA like do you want to live your life like these people like or yeah I don't know I I don't know I don't know if that's what Hanselman's going for if he's just like or if they're just like trying to have fun with this but but bad gateway really really took a dark turn yeah but you don't want to be huffing amyl nitrate off the off the pavement rumen well and they show and they show just people in the parking lot looking looking at, looking them. at them horrified yeah you know what i think there's there's an acknowledgement here that as funny as some of the stuff that happens here it's also in- incredibly fucked up which in mega hex you know you can kind of see it but it's just sort of like one antic after the next in here you you almost kind of you're laughing as it happens but you're also you know, I think the book is just kind of registering how horrifying a lot of this is. To your point, when they're huffing ammo off the ground, you know, there are these people who are just staring at them like, what the fuck are you doing? There's always sort of like someone sane who's kind of watching with horror as as these things go down. You know what's interesting? So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking at the back covers of each of these, and I read them already because it's just really interestingly put together. I want to read the kind of summary paragraph for each of these because these are bookends to to your earlier introduction. So for for Mega Hex, the front of the bookend, it's described as what at first glance reads like an episodic stoner comedy slowly reveals a chiseled character study of suburban NUI to rival the works of Solanas, Groening, or Flaubert. Hanselman's characterization and visual creativity mines lifetimes of pathos from the slapstick simplicity but psychedelic absurdist premise, you will believe an owl can cry. So it's like, okay, this is fucked up and this is funny. Ha ha ha. It's commentary. Bad, bad gateway now, on the other hand, and this is the end of the bookend. Perpetually drunk and high, lovable degenerates Meg and Mog have drifted through a life full of raucous antics and free of consequences. But their heavy drug use, once a gateway to adventure, has begun to take a grim psychological toll. As her unstable lifestyle finally catches up to her, Meg must turn to her past to uncover the roots of her self-destructive habits that have led her down this dark path. So so what I wonder is, Hanselman had some fun with this for multiple volumes, and at some point really wanted to dig into the characters and understand what are the consequences of all of this and how did this happen? And uh, that's where shit gets really interesting. I mean, I think it's Bad Gateway is the book that got most of the critical press, right? In a good way. Yeah, Bad Gateway was sort of, I think, was purported to be Hanselman's magnum opus. Everything that he'd been doing up to that point was leading up to, to Bad Gateway. So actually, you know, I mean, having read... Because the books are really different, right? Mega Hex is just kind of like these characters doing these dumb antics. Bad Gateway is a lot more serious, even though it still continues to have the the dumb antics. Like Werewolf Jones, like decision to build a build an arcade for himself, 
we won't tell we won't go into we won't do spoilers there i'm curious what happens in the middle sections like how does that transition happen what is the what are what are what are the sort of like points that both books are kind of standalone but there's still this question of like so what are the what is the evolution of the megmog relationship that happened in in amsterdam for instance what happens with with owl I don't know. You know, I haven't read the full the full series, but it's something that I kind of intend to do. You know, fun fact, I was when I was reading up on Hanselman, I noticed that they had won an Eisner. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. And what was it for? And I thought it might have been for the Amsterdam thing, which is probably the next read that I'll do. But it turns out, as you said, in 2020-2021, Hanselman did a book with these characters during the pandemic. And that webcomic is what he won the Eisner or what they won the Eisner for. So yeah, it's, I think we're like barely scratching the surface. Like I think both of these books, I'm glad we read them as bookends because if we were just reading mega hex, this would have been one of those fuck mm-hmm. you, Ryan, what are you making me read kind of episodes? You know, like I'll, I'll try to find the NUI, so to speak in all of this ridiculousness, but there, there's a lot more going on with these kind of characters that, you know, you, when you write a web comic over and over and over again for months and weeks on end, you have to find things to do with them. Otherwise, it's 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 just going to be fucking Garfield with like you know yeah, sex and drugs. I mean, that's that's what what makes these books so interesting is the. I mean, I do not want to be ever hanging out with Meg Mog, and Werewolf Jones, but just seeing. Oh, but you would hang out with Al. But you would hang out with Al. Al just wants to do good. Al just you know Al seems a little bit more chill. I mean, he he he's kind of a doormat among other things, but you know he. <laughs> He doesn't really want to, he's not going to drag you into some sort of mess. He's the sort who gets dragged into the mess. I'm about to start a new job next week and the episode about Owl's first day on the new job (laughs) really had me glad that I don't have Meg Mog or Werewolf Jones in my life. No, just, just watch your pants, Roman. Just make sure your, your pants are under lock and key. That was also once the name of this podcast. So, you know, I'm, would, you, would you recommend this book? To whom would you recommend this book? Yeah, oh man, I, this is a really hard one to answer. I, I think if you can be an adult about it and get over the like kind of weird, lewd antics of this and you won't be clenching your pearls when you read that, like sure, give it a take. But I think you have to like, you really do need to read the bookends or maybe just only read Bad Gateway. Because Mega Hex just kind of reads like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, like on a very extreme version of it. So, I mean, if you like if you like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, uh, then yes, do read this book. If you can acknowledge that the characters from Seinfeld are horrible people and horrible people exist in this world. Yeah, read all of it. And you just want to be entertained. But if you really want to understand the art of this bad gateway, and I'm guessing pick up Crisis Jones because, hey, man, it won an Eisner. That's, you know. The, the Amsterdam book and Crisis Jones, Crisis Zone, are going to be the next books that I read. Yeah. What about I, you, Ryan? I, I, I unequivocally, I would recommend it, and I actually would recommend Bad Gate Mega Hex too, because it's just it's. I love seeing the evolution of the storytelling, how it gets way more sophisticated, way deeper, way more interesting. And yeah, I think your your comparison to Always Sunny in Philadelphia is is apt. I would also compare it to Rick and Morty. If everyone is Rick and also really dumb. That's kind of like, <laughs> that's kind of like the the vibe. But I think it's a fantastic fucking series. I I just was 
you know, I was just really well. They are fucking a lot in the series, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just see things that you just don't expect to ever see, and maybe don't ever really want to see. But you know what? Hanselman goes there, and I respect that. And I also respect his his. You know, he he's he's not just doing it for shock value. He is, you know, he he is trying to say something. He is saying something about these about these people and the way they live, and. I mean, honestly, in a way, it also kind of reminds me of that Joan Didion, Didion essay, "Slashing Towards Bethlehem," where you—it's kind of this expose on the on the hippie lifestyle and how 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 harmful it is. And in a way, that's kind of what what happens between Mega Hex and Bad Gateway. Mega Hex again is just kind of jokes, and then it it, it takes this darker turn this darker, more serious term where you're addressing the consequences of all of it. Yeah, but you know what's frustrating about that is you could find this book becoming almost like a propaganda piece for drugs are bad. And I don't use... And and that's what I don't want. Like, I mean, I think it's irresponsible people are bad. (laughs) You know? I don't... I don't... Yeah, I don't... That part I don't see. Like, you know, obviously, I think any narrative that involves, like, copious use of drugs is going to have the consequences of that any narrative that has abuse of anything really is going to show a good one would show the would would show the consequences of it i don't necessarily think this is this can be reduced to drugs are bad i I, you know honestly i don't think this can be reduced to any single tagline it's really just an examination of these self-destructive personalities right and you know their their attempts to find meaning in this world and how how kind of trapped they are by their own addictions and their 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 depression. I, yeah, I'll give you that. It's it's about the self destructive nature, right? It's about the copious use of it. That's I think that's the thing you kind of have to underline. Like anything taken to an extreme, kind of leads to a bad place, especially if you're not equipped to deal with it. Which these people, which they are. are so not equipped to deal with it. <laughs> So, Ryan, I have a question for you. Oh, what's the question? Do you want to what score we some reading? weed? No, I'm I'm good, thanks. New job next week. Got to watch my pants. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. It's not you. It's the cocaine. You need cocaine. What are we reading next week? I don't even know why we bother asking that question anymore, Ruman, because we always say we're going to read something the next week and we never end up doing it. Like last week, for instance, we promised we'd reveal Michael Bobby's gender queer and this week, it's Meg Maganow by Simon Hanselman. But I think I can promise that next week we will be reviewing Gender Queer by Maya Kobabi. At least there's like a 65% chance that we're actually going to do it. Hey, what can I say? The only thing more fluid than gender is our reading list. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Be sure to share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. See lots of pretty pictures of the books we read at qtdcomics.com. And since we're sure no one's listening, prove us otherwise. Shoot an email over to say what I got right and what Ryan got wrong. qtdcomics at gmail.com. Give you a social media handle, but we're old, and that feels like too much work. I'm Roman Segel. And I am and have always been Ryan Joe. Luck. Pot luck. Pot luck.